Hey guys, welcome to Dating Mechanics on Girls Chase, where we get girls chasing you. I'm Varun Raja, and today I speak with Franco Lombardi, longtime Girls Chase reader and boards moderator, once again. This time we cover part two of the importance of discipline in dating. Last time we discussed the mentality behind discipline, what healthy discipline looks like, and why it's important to manage and isolate variables to determine what's actually working and what's not working. Now, we'll expand on that to show you how you can experiment with variables to skyrocket your dating success. So if you haven't yet listened to my last podcast with Franco, or if you need a refresher, I highly suggest to give that a listen first. Franco, welcome back to Dating Mechanics. Glad to be back. <laughs> this time we cover part two of the importance of discipline in dating. So Franco, it seems like your strategy for discipline and dating is basically to make dating equivalent to solving a math problem or a programming problem. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. That makes me sound like a math nerd, but that's totally how... I'll I mean, that's pretty accurate, right? It's pretty accurate. Right? It's pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much a math nerd anyway, so... Yeah. But yeah, that's totally true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do know that some guys, I mentioned in the last podcast, use things like stacks to accomplish this. You know, some of the best people I know, like Alec Rolset, for example, he just is uh, super mechanical and mm-hmm. very calibrated about what he tests and how he tests mm-hmm. it. Whenever he goes out at night, he just always plays around with different things, but he always just mm-hmm. changes one variable. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how do you think this is the right strategy if you have variables like A, B, C, D, E, like, and you know some of those things work and some of those don't work? Like, how do you know what to keep using and what not to keep using? Yeah, so your number one goal, first and foremost, is to find a process for yourself to get laid, especially for a new guy. You want to get to the end in some way. Right. So, when you're going through your process of identifying these variables, you want to take mental note of something that worked for you and you want to build like almost like a ladder to get there. So once you solve for A, which is like your opener, you want to solve for B, which is like your conversation. Once you solve for B in your conversation, you want to go to C, which is getting the phone number. Once you solve for C, getting the phone number, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. She's at my house and now you want to fuck her. So now that's your goal at the end, right? So once you've gone through this process and you're getting laid, that's when you can start feeling about like, how can I change one variable at a time and improve the way I get laid? So it's a process that you want to mathematically change variables one at a time because you want to know what your controlled variables are, the ones that have worked for you, that you've tested yourself and you know work. And then you want to take the new variables, which you don't know work, and that's where you're trying new things each time. But once you solve for it once, use that variable for now until you get laid. Don't try to be like, hey, actually, this worked, but I want to try something else right now for this. And then it doesn't work. And you're like, well, you're not even getting laid yet. So <laughs> why are you changing variables that work for you? Get to point C, which is your final point. Get to your final destination first, then go back and decide you want to change something later. And because you know you have a process, you have controlled variables that have gotten you laid before. Mm, so basically, if you know A and that's all you know, then keep using A. But right. If, if you mm-hmm. don't know mm-hmm. B, C, D, and E, then you have to solve those individually with mm-hmm. lots of data points. Right. So you want to keep A because you know A worked for you. So don't go changing A now because you're like, oh, I just want to try this new opener when you're like, you're not getting laid yet. Yeah. So use the opener that's worked for you and start solving for those other variables first. Get to the final destination of getting laid. Learn what it's like to get from the beginning to the end first. Interesting. Um, it seems like online dating could be a great testing ground to play with these variables, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Online dating, uh, it's very concrete. So online dating definitely is a good way to conceptualize and see what changing variables is like. So for example, you talked about in the last podcast this girl you had with a Tinder profile and you changed it to Polly. 
Yeah. That's a very concrete change in a variable because you had a description in your bio and you changed it and it had a direct result on how your date went and how it changed. And you realize, oh, we're talking about poly. And it probably didn't even occur to you at the time that this was something that only happened only because you changed that on oh, your profile. And it definitely was in retrospect. I was like, why did she bring that up? But the only reason she brought that up is because I put that on her profile. Exactly. Yeah. She, no girl no girl goes into a date and says, so tell me about poly. <laughs> no, girl, no girl goes into a date with a guy and wants to start talking about poly unless yeah. you're going to a poly meetup or you're going to some uh, hippie fest 9000. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. So it's not a topic that ever comes up. So when you first told me that about how you talked about poly, I, you know, I gave you the brow. I'm like, wait, she brought up poly to you? <laughs> Like, why did she bring up poly? And then he said, oh, well, actually, on my Tinder profile, I had put that I do polyamory. I'm like, oh, well, that's that's a big variable change. So you got to take into account these variable changes you make and how they're going to affect the fluidity of the rest of your interaction. With her. Yeah. I don't even think it's just um, just what you put in your profile, though. Like, for me, I noticed that I had the same profile in two different states, Oregon mm-hmm. and California. And for whatever mm-hmm. reason, when I was using that profile in Oregon, I was getting so many matches, like just dozens and dozens and dozens mm-hmm. of matches. Mm-hmm. But when I went on a trip to California a week later and I did the same thing, I got like maybe one or two in the same mm-hmm. amount of time. And it was right. just like, whoa. So that is what like <laughs> the variable is a location. And that could also be something that's a factor. Location. Yeah. Location yeah. is a variable too. And that's something you want to take into account. Because your cube is your controlled environment in Portland. You're like, I'm yeah. getting laid. This system is really solid. These rates are good. All these variables I repeat and I get laid. Repeat and get laid. So you take this exact controlled experiment that you have here and you shift it to California and you're like, well, it works so well in Portland that, you know, it should work well in California. And all of a sudden you, your success rate fucking plummets. It <laughs> yeah. fucking goes to shit. And you're just like, well, wait a minute. Wait, I thought I had this system that works. And you're like, no, cause you have a new variable now. You have yeah. California as your new variable, different girls, different weather, oh, yeah, different, different, different birds chirping, different, different, whatever, you know? So it, it's another variable you got to account for. So, but the fact that you have this controlled system is good because you can take that into California and say, okay, something isn't working in California for me, but let me start changing one variable in my system. Let me start, for example, for Tinder, you say like, let me change my profile picture. Girls in California are more beachy. I'm going to wear, I'm going to put a beach picture up and see how that goes. And then start testing with that one variable and see how that goes. Are you getting more success? You're not getting more success. So always consider all the variables at play. Don't jump to too many conclusions about oh, maybe this whole thing sucks and I was just lucky in Portland for the last month or so. No, it's just you had changed the variable. You're in California now, so you need to account for that. Like, do I need to change something else to make this work in California? Right. Now, let's cover more specifics, actually. What if a guy is a virgin or a beginner? Like, how would you recommend they tackle the discipline process when you actually don't really know how to isolate all the variables yet? Yeah, because you don't have any any variables yet because you're just starting, right? Yeah, exactly, when you're just starting. Right. So I think that the important thing to do here for a guy who's just starting out is to um, set very small goals. We get a lot of guys who show up on the forums actually who are like, who are asking these questions about like, how do I escalate or LMR? And the guy hasn't even posted a field report or hasn't even started approaching yet, but he's cur- he's curious, which is good. He wants to know, like he, he sees these posts about guys talking about LMR and he's like, oh, well, what if this and this and this happens? And what if I want to do this? And but he doesn't have a process yet, so he can't really make good evaluations on this because he's not approaching at all. Right. So for a beginner, set small goals. Your number one goal is going to be open. Mm-hmm. How do I open a girl? So you're, you, all you have right now is, for example, you have one variable. You have A. Let's say A equals one. You already know A is one. That's your opener. One is your opener. So you go and you say, this is my opener I'm going to use. If the opener works and you get into conversation, great. You just solve for A. Time to introduce B to the equation. So now you have A plus B equals three, you know A is one. So I'm gonna try two with B. Hmm. So 
you keep manipulating B, which is now your conversation, because now your goal is, I want to get your phone number. Right. So start small, start small, start, you have your opener. If the opener leads into conversation, boom, take a mental note of that. You just solve for A. You solve for one of the possibilities of A. Yes. So, but don't try to change A because you found something that works. Use A for now because you're trying to get this equation expanded as quickly as possible. So B is now your conversation. Keep messing around with B until you get to part C, which is getting your phone number. Right. So once you've solved for B, go to C and work your way up. You know, I just thought of a really good analogy to this whole thing. Like, let's imagine that we're climbing a ladder, right? Or actually building a ladder. Mm -hmm. The ladder is representative of our our system. Mm -hmm. And when you climb the ladder all the way to the top, you get the girl you want. You get Mm -hmm. laid and uh, whichever environment it could be. Mm -hmm. We're building a custom ladder based on the situation you want to be. Mm -hmm. And maybe based on this advice, like we want to basically build one step of the ladder at a time, right? Like Mm -hmm. we want to have a working ladder that works, even if it's kind of rickety, Mm -hmm. but like when you're a beginner, you actually just want to test one rung of the ladder at a time. You right? just want to get to the roof. You're trying yeah, to get exactly. to the ladder's there to get you where you're going, and exactly. you just want to get to the top, right? Doesn't yeah. matter if it's rickety or you know you, there's one step that's missing. You yeah. just step over it for now. <laughs> yeah, like you want it to just be a stable thing that gets you from the beginning to the end. Exactly. So. But then uh, when we're making the equation smaller, basically every rung is an equation, right? So Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, so I need to learn how to get a phone number, like you were saying, as a goal. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's like one rung that we can solve. Right. once you solve that rung, you can get to the next one. Exactly. Yeah. So you know you're at the bottom of the ladder. So don't start thinking about what the top of the ladder looks like. Don't think about the pot of gold, the roof, or whatever up there. I I see a lot of guys that actually do that. They do that a lot, right? like way too far on the top of the ladder and they're not like in the back. It's so common. So common. uh, So I'm sure there's going to be... Yeah, there's going to be some readers or listeners here for sure that are going to associate with that, like how they thought about like, oh, I wonder what sex with three girls is like. And I'm like, do you talk, do you open girls yet? And they're yeah. like, well, not yet. <laughs> but, you know, I want to think about when, for when I get there, like that's how like, to handle like that situation. like the fifth story and you're like you're saying, just get to the first level, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, you're thinking about, you're thinking about how you're going to handle three girls in a threesome, but you're not approaching girls yet, you know, like, mm. you know, so, so take it one step at a time and really figure out those first variables that, and expand the equation. You know, maybe it's not, if you get good at this, if you, if you stick with it, it's someday you'll be manipulating those variables with when you're with two girls in a room and you want to have a threesome, then you can start thinking about like, how do I manage a threesome? But just because you see guys talking about it or you hear friends talking about it or you see a post in the forum about a threesome, don't go get so crazy, be like, leave where you are and be like, oh, I want to know about the dynamics of this and get so caught up in it that you realize that you're not ready for that yet. Go back to solving your variables and build an equation that gets you to getting laid. Mm-hmm. That's your number one goal. Yeah, so when we've built an equation that gets us laid, so we have a, a ladder, basically mm-hmm. a functioning ladder. A functioning could be ladder. rickety, some rungs could be like... Could be made out of wood instead of out of metal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right, so they're all like in different positions, but at least it works. At like least it when works. you climb the ladder, basically you know you'll get laid. If you climb the ladder, even right. it might be a struggle in some parts because mm-hmm. it's, it's so rickety. Now, this is that's if you're more in the beginner stage now. How about if you're an advanced guy who has a, that working ladder? Like, mm-hmm. you know, how do they get better? Yeah, so that's actually a really good question too, right? So when you have a guy who has who has a way to get laid, he might look at himself and say, I'm like, well, I get laid, but look at Franco or look at Hector or look at Chase, and they're just getting laid a lot more consistently and a right. lot more frequently. So Which yeah, I have, they have better ladders. They have better, they have constructed better ladders. Yeah. So you say, okay, well, I have my wooden ladder that gets me laid once every three months, but I want to get laid like once every three weeks, <laughs> you know? So... I want to fix my ladder. I want to make it into a metal ladder that Chase or Franco or Hector uses. So the way you do that, at least from my perspective and the way that I see guys do it, maybe for Hector or Chase, it's more subconscious. For me, I see a concrete process. 
you have your equation. You have A, B, C, D, E. You've solved for all these variables now. You have these variables that you know work for you. Now you want to go back on those variables and say, okay, well, reflect on a lot of your interactions. Where are the parts that you feel are kind of a low success rate for you? Mm. I mean, so, I used the example before for me. One was the texting, texting and the one the texting. was the way I was closing, right? It was right. like crystal clear to me, like, okay, so everything else is going pretty well, but this is... This right, is and you were still getting laid. So you had, yeah. you had developed your ladder, but you realized there was a part of your ladder that was just really preventing you from being able to climb it to the top as frequently as you wanted to do. That's right. And for you, that was the texting, right? Yes. And, um, so let's say you go back and you, you reflect on these things and you say, my texting gets me, what, like 20% of success rate with dates, whereas I look at Franco and he's very, very good at texting and he's getting 80% of girls on dates. So at that point, it's you got to reflect and say, where can I improve my rates? So what you do as an advanced guy is you go back and you come up with an idea of like, you know, I've seen, you can either look at other guys, what they do, and try to mimic that, guys you, that you see are successful in that specific variable more frequently than you, or you can just... You have enough experience and reference points at this point that you can come up with your own ideas about what you can change to make it better. Right. So I go back and I change one number back to a variable. So let's say I have 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4 and I say plus D equals 5. So I have my equation. I've solved all these variables that I solved for, but I'm not going to change all of them at once. I'm only going to change one. I'm only going to change one variable on this and see how it goes. So for you, let's say that was the texting, right? So like instead of sending this text, I'm going to send this text. Right. And if suddenly that works for you, you said, oh, wow, I got an immediate reply. Go and test it more times. Go say, oh, look at my rate. My rate for this text is 60% or 70%. Boom. You've just improved your ladder. You just improved a spot that was really hurting you. And now you have a higher performance rate with that one variable. So as an advanced inducer, you really want to focus on going back to your ladder, going back to your variables and changing one variable at a time to improve the performance rate of that specific Basically, variable. like each rung then in the ladder becomes like, mm -hmm. okay, let's improve this one, upgrade this from wood to steel. Yeah. Or like, in some cases, that, it might even be straw, like in my texting. Yeah, example, maybe, you have a like, maybe, maybe your ladder is <laughs> made of straw and it's really shit, you know, and you really want something better than straw. Yeah. Or maybe you have a really solid ladder, you have a metal ladder, but one of the steps has a very loose screw that kind yeah, of makes yeah. it wobbly. So you want to like, you want to tighten that screw, you want to tighten up that performance rate in that, that step. Yeah, and I think it's also important what you mentioned to look around and see what other guys are doing and kind of compare how you're doing versus them right mm -hmm. so we always want to look up to somebody better than us so maybe when you're at a nightclub you see a guy pulling all the time and like what is he doing differently than what i'm I doing that's what mm -hmm. i do i think mm -hmm. yeah or when a, a guy reads a field report and sees things that people have tried so you can ask yourself like how can i adapt this to myself mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. yeah learning by example is a, is a great way to learn. So when you see a guy that you know is very successful, and especially if he's successful at something that you know you struggle at, yeah, watch him and learn from him. Or if he's a friend, even better, ask him about it. Be like, hey, dude, I saw it. Like when you go and you talk to these girls in the club, I noticed they just they hook really quick. Like what are yeah. you what are you saying to them? Because every time I do it, it's I feel like it's like a very low percentage chance that they're gonna hook. But it seems like every time you do it, it's like half the girls hook, which is like huge. So that's the caveat, right? Like because they're doing something differently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're doing something differently. So it's something that you want to take note of that they have a different variable for you. You solve for that variable. Let's, let's assume that you're, you're already getting laid. You've probably solved for that variable at some point. So you have something that kind of works for you, but you feel like this guy has whatever his variable is, it's a lot stronger. Its performance rate, its success rate is a lot higher. So I want to, I want to try his variable in my equation. So that, that also that's presumes right. that if you have a, a technique or something that is working for someone else, and let's say I try using it, then it's my responsibility to also make sure I execute it correctly, right? Mm -hmm. Just to make sure it works. Right, right. So that's the other thing you want to take into account too, is that 
When you're trying to increase the performance rate of certain things you're doing and you see a guy doing well with it, you don't want to immediately jump and assume when you use it. Let's say I see you use a technique and I'm like, that looks really good. I'm going to try that. And I go on a girl and I use it. It fails. Right. You don't want to say, oh, that's not as good as I thought it was. You want to say, did I execute that correctly? Maybe I didn't because I've seen you do it to a lot of success. So the first thing you want to say is like, did I execute that method correctly? Or before I jump to the conclusion that it doesn't work or it doesn't work for me, you want to say, I want to make sure that I'm doing it exactly the way that you're doing it. So make sure that when you're testing new variables as an advanced seducer, that you're taking into account that you're probably not going to nail it. <laughs> you're not going to nail this new method on the first try because it's, it's not part of your system. It's new. So make sure that you're really filling out that you're executing it correctly. So you can think of it in terms of like a good actor or something like what are the chances that you walk into a Hollywood studio and are trying for a part and you're like, holy shit, that was just as good as Brad Pitt did it. You know, <laughs> like you're not going to walk into a studio and, and if it's your first time doing it and be like, and just nail a part and be like, we want you. No, you're probably going to fuck up multiple times until the point where you get to a point like Brad Pitt who can take on a script and immediately execute it the first time correctly. Right. So right. take these new methods Send them to the ringer, really test them out and make sure that you're executing it correctly before you judge that it works or doesn't work for you. I think that it's important that it also set the right expectations. One thing we know for certain in dating and seduction is nothing is 100%, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing never is a ladder, I think, that for anybody, which you know, you approach one girl, you climb the ladder with her and you'll always get laid. There will always be some oscillation there. And mm -hmm. And that's why there is the game, right? If it was, if it was, yeah. if there was a scientific method to it, then all we need to do is post the equation. Everyone could just follow it, and yeah. we the game. but game is there to account for those. Yeah, those variances. I mean, basically, we're trying to get as close to one hundred percent as possible within reason, right? Because right. Because not every variable can be one hundred percent. Yeah, no variable can be one hundred percent, but you yeah. can always do things to try to improve it and get as close to one hundred percent as you can. So you would think then the number one goal is to just find a system that gets you laid to the highest percentage, more or less, right? Mm -hmm. We're building a ladder that gets to the top. Like very more, frequently, yeah, more exactly. frequently, as frequently as you want, right? There's exactly. a certain level you probably want and trying to get to that, that percentage rate. And then I would presume also that the percentage rates per rung or per variable will vary, right? Mm -hmm. Like for opening, for example, you might have a 50% a opening rate, the girls that you like, based mm -hmm. on opener. And maybe that's a good rate for a guy, yeah. right? Yeah, maybe that's a good rate for you. You decide yeah. like, hey, I like the fact that when I approach two girls, one of them hooks. Yeah. Maybe that's good enough for you, and that's totally fine. If that's if you feel comfortable with that, and you feel like that's a high success rate for you, then stick with it. Use right. that variable from now until whenever, and then focus on other things that you feel like you can improve. Yeah, and then I guess in other situations, maybe like let's say a girl is at home and in your bed, mm -hmm. you can probably change that percentage to like a target of ninety percent. Like if ninety percent of the time she's in my bed. If I do it this way, then it's going to be good. Yeah, then I'm getting laid tonight. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So. so what would you say like the, the number one goal is when first landing to get laid? Number one goal is to set small steps and solve for variables and get to the point where you're actually getting laid so first the, and foremost. So the first goal overall is just to have a working ladder regardless mm -hmm. of how strong or weak each rung exactly, is. Right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Get, get to the destination of getting laid because that, that is really what we're all here to learn in this yeah. process is to get laid and, and bring women into relationships if you want to or be able to have sex with them and enjoy that part. So yeah. get to that point first. That should be your goal is don't worry about like, oh, my percentage rates are poor with opening. It doesn't matter if you're getting past opening, then don't worry about that right now. Mm -hmm. Build a ladder, right? Yeah. So it seems then when you actually have a working ladder and you're getting laid somewhat consistently, then a guy can study each variable and basically make each rung more efficient and optimized. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I think that's one of the reasons why the concept of stacks and routines was developed in the PUA community. It's basically to reduce unknown variables, right? I think you mentioned something about the mystery method to me. Like it has things that are known to work X amount of time if executed, if done in Y way. Yeah. Example, right. I don't know if this is how conscious some of these guys were when they did this or how, how much of it's subconscious, but what they maybe realized or didn't realize they were doing is that they were creating controlled variables and, and giving it out to guys say, Hey, we know this stack or this line or this routine works because we've tried it. I've given it to multiple guys. They've tried it. They've had it work. Maybe the performance rate is, is variable for different guys. Maybe there could be, there's higher performance rate, things they could do, but they knew that it works. It can get them to getting laid. So guys like mystery and so forth, they come up with these like stacks and routines because they want to reduce the amount of unknown variables. And that's how you do it. Like if you, when I give you an opener line, when I say, Hey, go say this to a girl, I just gave you a controlled variable. I just said, Hey, I, I gave you a, I want you to focus on B. So here's an A for you to solve for A. You don't have to think about what A is. And that's kind of how I think that this type of thing, mystery method and some of these, these PUA and tactics kind of came into fruition is like they're giving you controlled solved variables so that you don't have to think about all this extra stuff. Like just run mm. this routine and you won't have to worry about <laughs> what you say to her. Yeah, yeah. Then you just have to worry about texting her and pulling her home, right? So you I know it's gotten a lot of flack in the media and like out in the world, but it's definitely it, based on success. It seems to, like it works for them. Yeah, it helps guys. A lot of guys really are very confused, especially beginners and they get into this. They feel like there's so much thrown on their plate. So <laughs> yeah. if you give a guy a stack routine, it helps him not have to think about what to say at a given moment. He I guess can, it kind of gives you a pre-assembled wrong almost. If you can, if you can exactly. install it the right way. That's a good way yeah. of thinking of it, right? Yeah, he's, yeah. Giving, he, he's like, here, don't build the whole fucking ladder. Like here, let me give you this bottom piece and then focus on this next piece of the ladder right here. Right, like right. don't, don't try to build the whole ladder yourself when you don't even have any of the materials yet. Interesting. Now let's talk about some typical pitfall points. Cause I know like the whole reason we have this podcast is you are excellent discipline and we've discussed how you like isolate variables and mm -hmm. basically have a very high success rate and percentage rate and all the rocks of your ladder. Mm -hmm. But a lot of guys that I see and including myself, like they fuck up their discipline. They don't like install the rungs right. They don't play with the variables in a disciplined manner to see what works and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. So like, what are some typical things that, that you've seen? So let's see, let's think of a good example here. So I mean, I can, I can give you a great example for, yeah, yeah, yeah. for the, my life. Yeah, you know, yeah, like for me, I learned a hard rule for my examples is just don't talk about polyamory or <laughs> anywhere, right? Like, yeah. cause that's just going to kill my attainability. So for me, that became like a hard rule. Like if I put a rung in my ladder that talks uh. about polyamory, then there's going to be another rung that's going to go missing somewhere near close to the top, right? Uh, right. Because it's going to kill my attainabilities while we both climb the ladder together. Right, right. That's, that's the, <laughs> yeah, the poly example is a great example, right? Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> that's a great example of a situation where you change this variable that was already working for you to something that you hadn't really tried. Yeah. And because you did that, it changed the rest of your ladder. The things further down the ladder that you weren't seeing all of a sudden were showing up. So and you're like, oh, this girl just asked me about poly, like... That doesn't happen on dates, except <laughs> yeah. maybe when you put it in your profile and no, you say that you're poly, she's going to bring it up. So that was an example of you changing something in the ladder and it having an effect down the road and changing your equation in more than one area. So yeah, that's definitely something to consider when you're thinking about how you change something is going to affect the rest of your interaction with yeah. the girl. I think it's also, there's a couple of other areas we could talk about hard rules, right? Like mm -hmm. uh, never talk about religion. Never talk about politics, like avoid going too deep into feminism and things like that, right? Yeah. These are all things you've seen where guys just like, they talk about this and something always happens. Yeah, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm very disciplined on my dates about knowing what topics I want to avoid. Yeah. Politics is a big one. You want to create similarity on dates and so you don't want to talk about things that are not, don't create dissimilarity. So you got to make hard rules about things that you will talk about or things that you want to do because if you don't follow those and you start doing these things, right. then how are you going to know 
how are you going to get better? You're breaking your own hard rules and you're saying you made right. those hard rules for a reason. So don't break those hard rules when you're trying to learn. Yeah. But that also brings up another issue that I've seen. Like, do you ever create a confirmation bias kind of situation? Like, let's say just hypothetically, like I put Polly on uh, my Tinder profile and I matched with a girl and we went on a date and then mm-hmm. she slept with me. And it worked for me that one time. Mm-hmm. Would you say that then that would be like a data point to keep testing that? And yeah. Because I think it always works. You bring up a good point, and, and this happens to a lot of guys where they happen to test something kind of random and it works, and they don't go and test it fluidly and make sure that it's actually like a good data point, that it has a high percentage rate enough for them. So, yeah, you can create a confirmation bias scenario where you do something one time that's completely random and it works, and you might think like, oh, this is a really good technique or tactic, and I'm going to start using this in certain situations. But then you get confirmation bias and you realize you go to you go to California and you try your profile that worked in Portland and all of a sudden it's not working. You're like, wait, I'm experiencing like a dissonance here. Like I thought I had this great profile <laughs> yeah. and you've introduced this new variable. So you need to make new hard rules now for these new variables. Yeah, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I think it definitely makes sense. Like uh, another example we can talk about, I think that I see a lot is, in, at least in the topic of hard rules and the hard rules are where you have to be super disciplined, right? Guys get caught cheating a lot because early on in their relationship, they might make a hard rule like, okay, I'm going to be monogamous with this woman and I'm never going to you know, sleep with another woman again while I'm with her. Mm-hmm. So that's like a hard rule that you set up for yourself, right? That mm-hmm. you're like, I will not sleep with another woman. Mm-hmm. But then these same guys, maybe months or years down the line, they might find an excuse to break that hard rule mm-hmm. and this creates further complications. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you create the hard rules, you really got to stick to them as much as you possibly can. If you feel like things aren't working for you, that's when you can go back and reevaluate your hard rules and say like, this hard rule doesn't work for me anymore, or I don't want, it's not getting me results I want. Yeah. But if you decided on that hard rule for a reason, then leave it in place until you really decide it needs to be changed. Stick with that hard rule. It's, you made the hard rule for a reason. And if you want to be disciplined, you got to stick to your rules. Otherwise you're going to be not learning enough because you're breaking your rules everywhere. You basically don't, at that point, you really don't have rules, right? Like yeah. if you're just breaking all your rules left and right, you're all your hard no rules, then there's really is right, no yeah. rules there's and there's no, no discipline. discipline. Yeah, yeah. You're not really disciplined. You're, you're being undisciplined. So you're not learning a lot and you may not even be happy. You're like, I don't know why I'm not happy, but I'm breaking all my rules. Well, maybe it's because one, you're either breaking your rules or two, you don't have rules and you need to figure out what your rules need to be so that you can get a higher level of happiness in your own life, basically. So, so it seems that overall discipline is most important because we're building a ladder that's meant to last our life. Mm-hmm. Even if you get married and you're living happily married for the rest of your life, after mm-hmm. you meet the next girl that you're going to date with, like mm-hmm. you still, we still want to have a ladder that's there for some reason you need to pull it out and we can go back to it. Right. So mm-hmm. would you say like, this one's a long-term thing, mm-hmm. right Franco? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Discipline is definitely um, something you should enact in your entire life and everything mm-hmm. you do. And that's why you're so successful too. Like you've had extreme, like in a very short amount of time, you got like dozens and dozens of dates and did really well. Right. I don't know if it was subconscious to me at the time or if it was conscious, but uh, I just realized that like if I want to learn, I need to be disciplined because I need to control variables. I need to control rules. I need to realize that the best way to learn is to be disciplined in the way I interact with women. Because if I keep doing different things with women or keep doing different things in my own life, then how am I going to, how am I going to understand like what's wrong or what's right or how I'm doing things and how am I learning from those experiences? Basically. Right. So in that case, then good foresight is key because you have to learn to see the future. Right. Right. So good for good foresight is actually very key to being able to understand what you want your rules to be. Because if you don't have a clear picture of what you want your life to look like, whether that's with women or jobs or whatever, 
how are you going to be able to get there? You don't know what it looks like. So how are you going to be able to establish a system to get there if you don't know what you want? So having good foresight lets you see, oh, this is a good way that I want my life to be and this is how I want to see it. And I know that if I do certain things, I'm not going to get that. So I'm going to be disciplined and I'm going to make hard rules to make sure that I don't run into those pitfalls and those type of things that prevent me from getting to where I want to get. Right, right. Because so, you, you want to get to from A to Z. You want to climb from the bottom of rung of the ladder to the very top. Right, right. But if you break a hard rule, <laughs> and that could just basically remove it along with the ladder and, and right. completely ruin the structure and integrity of the whole thing. Exactly, so, exactly. Lots of stress yeah. could just your, be your like, whole equation just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <that's> so interesting. <laughs> explodes. So right, I feel like right. too many guys think about what's good for them in this moment rather than how it could affect the situation down the line when it really matters, right? Like, we think, like, okay, if I just tweak this sprung of the ladder at the near the bottom this way, then it won't really matter what happens at the top. But eventually, it's like a butterfly effect, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what you do at the beginning is going to affect, just like the poly thing on your profile affected, showed up later in your date. Yeah. When you change things, it's going to affect throughout the rest of your your ladder, basically. So that's why you want to have hard rules and discipline so that you know that, oh, when you change these things, you do these things, they'll have a negative effect on me later. So I want to make a hard rule to make sure that I don't do this so that I can continue learning in other areas or in this area. So it really is like to be disciplined is the difference between being a civilized man versus being the beast. Mm -hmm. Would you say that's pretty accurate? Kinda, yeah, kinda. Um, <laughs> the civilized man knows what he wants. Yeah. And he figured, all he's focused on is figuring out how to get it and what things he needs to avoid and what things he needs to aggressively go after. Whether or not he consciously or subconsciously does it, he makes rules for himself and he makes sure he follows those because he knows exactly what he wants and he knows how to work within society to get it yeah. without falling to the pitfalls that a lot of uh, noobs, I guess you could say, <laughs> would fall into. Yeah, because when you're kind of like more like the beast guy who's just kind of going after all these things and just not really making rules for himself, you're going to stumble a lot. You're going to trip. You're going you're gonna to end up in the gutter here and there. And that's not the worst thing. I always tell guys action is better than no action. So yeah. being the beast is better than being... Between like not doing anything at yeah, all. Yeah, just not doing anything at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of a good example of that. But I was yeah. like, yeah, just sitting, being the lazy slob, potato, couch oh potato God, guy yeah. who doesn't do anything, right? So at least being the beast, he's aggressively going after. Yeah. But since he's so raw and unrefined, he's not learning as fast as the civilized man. Because the civilized man is developing his rules, developing his ladder in a very controlled way, and he's growing way faster than the beast. The beast yeah. will be a beast for a long time. Yeah, yeah. The civilized man will become a social alpha in the top of the ladder very, very quickly because he's very He's like really tune. built his ladder. It's he's in be tune. like a steel metal, like the Yeah, he knows, that he, knows yeah. he wants a steel ladder, so he's yeah. focusing only on building that steel ladder where... The, the beast is kind of just like, oh, straw, wood, jump here, go yeah. here, go back, get laid, not get laid, text, yeah. text this, don't text that. He's just, he's just throwing himself everywhere. And he's learning things, but not at the rate that the civilized man is. The civilized man oh, is yeah. very focused and controlled on his, his invariables and learn how to get what he wants. It seems like the, the key difference is like, uh, we can say the beast is more impulsive, whereas the, mm-hmm. the civilized man acts on control, right? Like, mm-hmm. So maybe a beast sees the prey and attacks it, but he gets eaten a moment later because he didn't see the line around the corner, right? Like, well, yeah, he didn't see the line away from him, right? So yeah. the civilized man, before, before going attacking the prey... He would, like, check for that. Or he, like, would, and, he would bring his hunting rifle and yeah. say, I know there's lots of fucking lions around here. Yeah. If the lion attacks me while I attack this thing, I'm going to fucking shoot its face. Yeah. So he's, he's thinking He's thinking foresight. This, this plays into, like, what we're talking about with, yeah. um, with foresight, right? Like, he's thinking ahead. He knows what his goal is. He knows where the... He sees the pitfalls that can happen, so he creates the rules. His rule was, I bring a gun when I go hunting my prey because I don't want to get attacked by a lion. The beast just kind of like, ooh, prey. Woo! 
yeah. and then you know jumps on it and then the lion fucking mauls him to death and he's just yeah, like oh exactly. whoops like I probably should have maybe had a better plan for that so um, again that's why you have hard rules like like you can make a hard rule like whenever I see a prey I need to bring a gun yeah, just in case when I'm in this environment when I, when there's an environment lots of lions and I need to bring a gun if I see a prey yeah. that's the hard rule because I know there's a possibility yeah. of me getting attacked and I want to yeah. be prepared for that so the civilized yeah. man is thinking about all these variables ahead of time now that's not to say you know you brought up how the beast is more impulsive that's not to say that the civilized man is not impulsive. He just knows when it's good to be impulsive and when it's good to not be impulsive. Mm, so it's he's, calibrated. He, it's another variable for him. It's Imp- calibrated. It's calibrated. Yeah. Impulsive on pulling a girl home. I, it's like this is the time he's going to be impulsive. He's going to act like the beast in that moment. He's going he's to control the beast and say, I'm going to be the beast for this moment because I know being the beast right now is good. Yeah. But then as soon as it comes back to other things that he needs to be more controlled, he becomes a civilized man again and he controls those variables and he's very in control of what, what's going to happen next because he knows he's been there before he's done this. Yeah, yeah. So that's part of the foresight. Like he's been there, he's done that. He knows what can happen if he does something or doesn't do something. I mean, that's why we think long term. That's why it's key. You don't think just like in the next five minutes. You want to think mm-hmm. like ten yeah. years down the line. Like, what do you? What do I really want? You mm-hmm. know, how do I want this ladder to look like? What do I and, want tomorrow? What yeah. do I want a month from now? What exactly. do I want two years from? The civilized man is already planning his ladder. He's seen the full ladder. And, and, he, and he's seen like the assembly instructions basically to create this through the discipline that we're, we're talking about mm-hmm. in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Man, awesome topic, Franco. Like, I'm so happy I got to speak to you again on the Girls Chase podcast. Yeah, it's been a while. It's definitely yeah. been a while. It's, it's been a lot of fun, for yeah, sure. It's I mean, a good like, topic. It's a good topic. So. Yeah, yeah. Discipline is one of those things that, like, I truly believe, in, like, and Franco truly believes, like, everyone could learn from. Like, there's no person who's even remotely thinking about learning this that cannot learn from discipline, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. it's critical to your success, and both for so. me and for you. Like, I've noticed for, when I've been more disciplined, I, my dating rates skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. And I think you've seen that yourself. I have, even even as, you know, as some of you already know that I'm the forum moderator for the website. And I see a lot of guys who run into this time and time again where they just are not disciplined in the way they do things and, and they keep hitting the sticking points like you yeah. hit sticking points. Yeah. If they can learn to analyze it from a view of I'm going to be more disciplined in the way I do things, then you're going to see success come a lot faster and a lot more concrete and a lot more consistent. Very nice. Thanks, Franco. That was an awesome piece on how to strategize discipline in the context of dating. And ever since I've tried doing the things that you've suggested, I've found myself leaping past sticking points year after year. Now we're on to our next segment called Chats with Chase, where I or you can ask Girls Chase founder Chase Amante about his opinion on pretty much anything. In the last podcast, we got a question from Alexander. What should a guy focus on when he's trying to improve his conversation skills? Alexander writes, I have focused so far on my nonverbal fundamentals, which have become quite good. Girls are interested from the outset, but once we get into conversation, the interest dwindles. That's my major sticking point right now, and I wondered if Chase might be able to give me, and anyone else at the same sticking point, some pointers. Great question, Alexander, and with that, I'd like to introduce Chase. Welcome to Dating Mechanics, Chase. Hey Varun, thanks for having me on. Awesome question and topic from Alexander. Early conversation is an easy place to hit snags on. Certainly was for me when I was a greenhorn. Deep diving came about from the whole running out of things to talk about issue. 
I had to look around and figure out what exactly I was going to talk about with these girls to move from just started the chat to, okay, that was a great chat. Give me your contact info or maybe let's go home together. It's funny you mentioned that because I'd run into the same problem myself running out of things to talk about when I'm with a girl. It made for many an awkward moment, and sometimes myself or the girl I was talking to felt compelled to lose interest and leave because neither of us knew how to keep the conversation flowing. Yeah, it's a really sticky area and not at all clear when you're a newer dater. The good news is, I'm going to give you a tool to help you get this aspect on lock. And what's that tool, Chase? Well, the tool I'm going to give you today is one that will help you manage the flow of conversation at a detail level. It's one you might be familiar with if you know my stuff, but I don't talk about it a lot and I'll give you some new examples and examples are always good. That tool is thread amplification. Thread amplification solves the problem a lot of newer guys have where they burn through topics too quick. Sometimes that's because they don't know how to run a conversation yet, they might have been shy, haven't had many friends yet, or might have spent more time reading books than talking to people up to this point in their lives. Or they might be fine in regular conversation, but they don't know how to talk to strangers, or hot girls make them nervous and their conversation turns jumpy. So they end up jumping all over the place to chat. A conversation where you never amplify threads and instead only cut to new threads looks like this. Guy. So where are you from? Girl. I'm from Chester. Guy. Oh, that's not too far. What do you do? Girl. I'm a nurse. Guy. Nice. So what brings you out tonight? Girl. I'm just out for my friend's birthday. Guy. That sounds like fun. What are your plans later? Notice how the conversation feels very superficial? We just covered a lot of ground, but it's all surface level ground. There's nothing there this girl will say. He already knows things about me that most people don't. There's nothing that guy will be able to say, I know a lot about her and really relate to her. You're still at a stranger level connection. This is super common. I used to have a ton of conversations like this when I was new, and they were always very frustrating and uncomfortable. Yep, me too. I remember having jumpy conversations. That was a dark time that went nowhere and brings back some really rough memories. Alright, so jumpy conversations are a common problem with guys, and I've even heard of my girlfriends telling me about awkward conversations that they've had with guys. What's the way that guys can avoid superficial and jumpy conversations? We're going to fix the jumpy, superficial conversation problem with thread amplification. What thread amplification does is to let you pour fertilizer on a topic and let it grow into a conversation tree all on its own. There are two good ways to amplify a thread. One is to ask her a question about something related to that thread, and the other is to relate yourself to what she's just told you. If you ask a question about something related, that looks like this. Guy, so where are you from? Girl, I'm from Chester. Guy, oh, that's not too far. Why'd you change towns? And if you relate yourself to what she's just told you, that looks like this. Guy, so where are you from? Girl, I'm from Chester. Guy, I see. Well, I'm from not too far myself, but in the other direction. Lots of transplants in this town, I've noticed. Not many locals. We can have an entire conversation come from just this single one topic with thread amplification. Here's a quick example of what that looked like. Guy. So where are you from? Girl. I'm from Chester. Guy. Oh, that's not too far. Why'd you change towns? Girl. I really just needed to get away from home. Guy. Yeah, I feel you. I had a great family, but living at home always made me feel constricted in weird ways. Girl. I know, exactly. My parents always wanted to know where I was. It was like, I'm an adult now. Guy. So how are you using your freedom these days? Girl. Oh, you know, not too different from when I lived with my parents, actually. Guy. Still at home on Friday nights reading books and watching TV shows you shouldn't watch, huh? Girl. Laughs. No, I just haven't really built much of a social life. Guy. Hmm. Well, what do you like to do for fun? doesn't have to be stuff with people attached. It can be solo stuff, too. 
And now at this point, she's going to tell you a bunch of her likes and preferences, and you can just riff off that. And because she'll tell you about stuff she likes to do that doesn't necessarily need people attached, you can get her to show you a more personal side most people don't get to see. One side note, note that early in the conversation, you want to relate to girls in general ways. If you related to the need to get away from home by saying your parents were terrible, and she doesn't relate to that because her parents were great, or you relate to it by saying your town was boring, and she doesn't relate because she really liked your town but had some other reason to leave, she will feel like you and her don't have that much in common. So instead you tell her, living at home made me feel constricted in weird ways, which is very general, and she can interpret as similar to her whether she feels constricted by her parents, or life in that town, or her work, or the people who knew her, or whatever her reason was. And most people who leave the town feel a little constricted by it in some way or other. We also kept the question about freedom very general. So how are you using your freedom these days? Note how broad that question is. It's an open-ended question. It also uses the word freedom in it, which is a very suggestive word, and it's an emotion It's nice to have anchored to us. So you want to have girls feel like they enjoy freedom around you, freedom to do what they want, freedom from crushing social pressure, freedom from whatever they want to be free from. If a girl can come to you when she wants to be free, she's going to like being around you. That's going to wrap us up on thread amplification. If you don't use this tool a whole lot, I suggest you give it a spin in the next conversation you're in. Varun, I hand the microphone back to you. Thanks, Chase. I'm looking forward to seeing what other questions listeners have in store for you. Leave a comment and we'll have Chase's answer on the next episode. I hope you've enjoyed and learned from the Discipline series with Franco Lombardi. For now, this is Varun Raja, and I'll see you next time on Dating Mechanics. Thank you.